1: What's up, weebs and casuals alike, and welcome to the most glorious, chaotic anime podcast this side of the digital universe. We are Baka and Company, and we're here to dive into all your favorite anime shows and movies. We'll cover both new and old, and everything in between. I'm your wholesome flame monster, Drutendo64, cursed to be a hot dog for life, it's Frankfurter. Ah. and our wizardly overlord, it's Magically Average.
0: Hello.
2: I couldn't think of anything clever to say this time. <laughs> it said, so it just Rang. came out as a Wario. Yeah, it, was just, was, like, it was like Wario. Or Waluigi.
1: Know. I thought he was going to be like a 1950s gangster and be like, yeah, see? Well,
0: I thought, yeah, I thought you were just going to try
1: to rapidly age. Be like, hi. Who are you? And today we'll be talking about Howl's Moving Castle. It moves? It moves sometimes. Yeah. Directed by Hayao Miyazaki, written by Hayao Miyazaki, storyboarded by Hayao Miyazaki, and once and again, we have the beautiful sounds by Joe Hisasashi.
0: Mm. I thought you were going to say Creed this time. I'm kind of support <laughs> was Creed. Can you take me high? Well, no, Creed would make more sense for Castle in the
1: Sky. Because mm. yeah. you're six feet from the edge?
0: Yeah. Maybe six feet isn't so far down. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: what's one castle this guy
0: about or, or no what's howl's movie what's the movie about <laughs> got the castle doing stuff about what are we talking about
1: well we're talking about howl's moving castle that came out in 2004 um it was based on a novel but the plot is basically young sophie as the eldest of three sisters she counters a wizard named howl on her way to visit her other sister um she goes home. She meets a witch, or meets the witch of the waste, actually, who transforms her into a 90-year-old woman seeking to break the curse. Kofi, Kofi, well, Sophie leaves home and sets off through the countryside. She meets a living scarecrow who she calls Turnip Head. Um, He leads her to a moving castle. Dun, dun, dun. And... She enters without invitation. She meets Howell, his apprentice, Markle, and a fire demon that one of my friends named his cat after, Calcifer. Um, and then a whole bunch of zany adventures as we would in a Ghibli movie. But first things first, the, mo- the movie's beautiful. It did something like $187 million in revenue when it was in theaters. Uh, and not to mention the DVD sales were literally off the shelf so first things first i know it's someone's favorite is it, it is me two. is it you yes well no it's magically average oh
0: it is i mean it's in it's in well, well your top, top. Yeah, yeah it's in my top but
2: we sure shit know it's not mine yeah <laughs> not for the, like the the fact that i i do like this movie i just don't think it's as phenomenal as other people do it's a great movie, but
1: yeah. One thing. What? Your name is not Magically Average. I threw cool. it to Magically Average. And then he
0: <laughs> stayed silent, so I filled the silence. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was trying to figure out if he was talking about himself or me. I know, um, I was very <laughs>
1: confused.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoy Howl's Moving Castle. Howl's was one of the first, along with Totoro, that I had watched from the Ghibli library. Um, not surprising, I think for most Western viewers, a lot of the, uh, we'll say like, mainstream Ghibli films are probably the ones that everyone's introduced to first, like Totoro, Howls, Spirited Away, maybe Kiki's, even though Kiki's is a little bit older. Um, I think
2: maybe you know, like mine and Juju's generation, Kiki's would have been a first.
1: Yeah, yeah, I have to, I have to agree because I, yeah. that's how I got introduced was not... Kiki Spirited Howl.
2: Yeah, not to say that uh, magically average you're not our generation, but you are like, a few much younger. a few years younger than us. <laughs> not that much
0: younger. Um but yeah, I mean I I really enjoyed it for the magical elements to it because it was again like one of the first ones I had seen. And there's obviously fantastical elements to Totoro and Kikis and most certainly Spirited Away, but this was on a completely different level. Um just in terms of like The environment that they're in, the different worlds that they can go to, a lot of the mystery behind, you know, the castle, the different realms they have access to. Like, there's a whole bunch of unknowns that I found fascinating when I watched it the first time. Um, Rewatching it, though, recently with my wife, uh, because it was her first time ever seeing it. She mainly wanted to see it because of Christian Bale. Uh, I'm not going to be not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, It was primarily (laughs) how that she wanted to go see. Uh, But she, this is probably, I I think this is her favorite. Uh, But rewatching with her in film or in theater, I should say, I forgot how choppy the ending is. Uh, My brain must have smoothed over the third act. (laughs) <laughs> and was like, focus on the pretty colors and the incredible scenes in the first two acts because that's where the money is. And then I'm like, well, what about this third act? My brain's like, you don't want to go there. No, not yet.
2: There's something about a falling star, a secret garden, yeah. time travel, the wicked black witch, hole. The Wicked
0: Witch turns into like a senile old woman. Uh, and yeah, the like turn up the, head guy being yeah. a prince, he's like, Hello, I'm a prince now. Goodbye,
1: <laughs> and let yeah. me end the war. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Yes, <laughs> so he's never heard from again,
0: but again, I mean, I we say this every single time for certain Ghibli films. I'll say the one, the recent ones that we've been reviewing, like Nausicaa and Castle in the Sky, are definitely outliers to this, but it's not unexpected that a Incredibly popular Ghibli film like Howl's, like Spirited, like Totoro have very choppy and almost rushed third acts that most people kind of forget. Honestly, like I feel like if you were to ask people to describe Totoro. You would get, like, the, okay, they move to the country, she meets Totoro, her sister meets Totoro, they go on an adventure, they find a cat bus, and then that's, that's, and then they stand in the rain, and I think that's where it ends, and it's like, nope, that's not where it ends, there's a little bit more, yeah, oh yeah, sorry. everyone, we, we. Drew can't do that, because he's made of paper, he's made of paper, um. But, like, it's the same thing for Spirited, too. Like, Spirited has a very rushed ending with, like, guess your parents, and it's like, they're not here, and everyone's like, yay, and then they live happily ever after. Now get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Howells is definitely no exception to that. So I I still, again, taking apart the film in terms of, like, the pure enjoyment versus the critical analytical piece, pure enjoyment, it's wonderful. It's absolutely fantastic. It is very pretty to look at the music behind it. The score is I mean, I don't I c don't think I scroll through TikTok more than two, or three videos without hearing some soundtrack from howls being played behind someone's stupid, dumb video. Um and feel then called out on this. Pretty, <laughs> a little bit. Uh like all those elements, absolutely incredible. From a critical standpoint, it's not the best in terms of story, in terms of its finality, like the the closure that you get at the very end, um, and that could leave a lot of people in it a weird spot when they leave the theater, where it's like, God, I really liked it, like the first the first two thirds, absolutely incredible, wonderful, fantastic experience. That last third though, I got thoughts. <laughs> it could certainly not even,
2: i'm sure it's not even the third i'm sure it's like the last 15 minutes
0: <laughs> yeah i mean well but we've talked about that too how like act 1 is is a, is a decent length of time it's what you would think is a standard length of time for act 1 act 2 is just stretched to oblivion and then you finally get to like the okay we're, we're we're reaching the point of some sort of like discourse or some sort of we'll just say final battle to some degree and then you realize oh shit there's like 10 minutes left in the film what's going to happen they got a lot of loose ends to tie up and those sometimes those ends don't get tied up and and they're just left in the ether to to be discussed like we are now so um yeah i mean again it's still in my top from the pure enjoyment standpoint but when like looking at it critically especially rewatching it recently too there's just so many faults at the end it's like it's hard not to forget about them when you, when you're judging it and, and being, you know, very critical. So, you know, still, still fun.
1: I hear you like Howl overall is one of the more engaging movies that I've watched with Ghibli. I, it holds a special place in my heart just because of the themes, the story, the music is, is always going to stand out, but um, it's one of those soundtracks and, we can always point to Frank for this. Like it's, you can hear it and see visually the scenes. You can hear certain songs and you just get that, that really warm connection. And it's, it's so unique to have an animated film pull that hard at your heart. And not just because it's like an emotional soundtrack, but it's because it's emotional in, in the film. Right. So I kind of wanted to also, throw this back to magically average really quick because you did critique a lot, but you didn't really say what your favorite part was. And. Oh, that's hard though. Okay. Not well, it doesn't have to be top favorite ultimate scene and it's calcifer eating food because that, (laughs) that's that whole scene is, is masterful. But like if you were to recommend howls to someone and you had to start it at a certain scene, where would you start? where would you like be like, this is, this is it. This is how it's.
0: Oh God. That's. I mean, if it's... you,
1: if you want to think about it, I can go.
0: No, I mean, I, I was going to kind of reverse it for a second and say yeah. that I don't, I think it would be a disservice to pick one scene because okay. from the, from the singular standpoint that there are so many different moments in the film that if you were to like cherry pick and be like, all right, watch this 30-second-minute clip because this is what's going to get you in the film. It's it's not going to accurately portray the entirety of the film that you're going to get out of it. Um, example would be, like, for most people, my guess would be the breakfast scene, like where... Uh, Sophie's making breakfast and then Howell comes in starts making breakfast and he's feeding Kelsey for like animation quality. Like I, you, how you just want to immediately smash that plate of food. Cause it looks so delicious. Oh, yeah. Like the, ba- the, can we talk about the bacon for a second real quick? Oh. Sorry. This is coming yeah, from yeah. a vegan, by the way. Um, <laughs> I would do war crimes for that. Bacon.
1: <laughs> Getting a What sucks bike, is like crimes. <laughs> yeah. What
2: sucks is how unrealistic studio Ghibli or Ghibli makes their food look. Because oh, yeah. I know what all of those items taste like together, and it does not nearly taste as good as what it looks like in this no. movie.
0: No, like I, I've been to Denny's, <laughs> I've gotten the 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 breakfast special, whatever they call it. The what the hell grand is that? slam. Yeah, there you go, there you go. The grand slam, right? I I know what a traditional American breakfast is. I, I've never in my life seen anything remotely close to that. And and I would do, like I said, horrific things to <laughs> just get a taste. Um, so you could show that scene. You could show the scene where she first encounters Howl and they're escaping, like, the little blob monsters. You can show the scene where she's in the other plane of existence, like skipping through the field or whatever. You could show the fucking scene where she's getting danced around by these little sprites out of nowhere. Like, there's a lot of really iconic scenes but the issue is that if you show them one, I think the the expectations of that person are going to be at a level completely away from what they're actually going to get up from the film. Um, the one thing I would say that I enjoyed the most in the film are the characters. This Ghibli film, I think was the first one that gave life to many different characters. Uh, There were a limited amount, thankfully, of side characters, but they all were incredibly built and developed and had purpose and meaning throughout the entire film. Even the fucking turnip head guy. Like, I know he's not a significant role, but like the little scenes where he's a part of the clothesline when they're when they're drying clothes, (laughs) like the scenes where he's just popping around, the scenes where like. Uh, spoilers ahead if you haven't already guessed. Uh, where the castle starts crashing and like he has to like jump out and try to help rescue and like salvage things and stuff. Like there's a lot of really cool moments with him. And then I, the ending part where he turns and he's like, "I'm a prince." It's like I'd rather turn back into the turnip guy. I liked him better, um, <laughs> partially because he didn't talk and sound like a goofy goober. Um, like I think the 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 characters are what really make this film. Um, truly spectacular I would say that yes there are plenty of scenes that are incredible but if you focus in on like one aspect they're going to lose all interest in the many other pieces that make Howells wonderful too so I think truly the characters are the like central piece to what makes Howells a really great film
2: um just to kind of piggyback off that i mean uh first and foremost the voice cast in this movie again being studio ghibli and i believe disney getting the cast together for this one again it's a stellar cast uh you have christian bale aka batman before he was batman um because this movie released before the uh, batman begins and he does the iconic voice um I do think that the characters make this movie. And if you drew to kind of back to your question, um, like what scene would you show? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily to like get them into this movie, but the scene that sticks out to me that I enjoy the most, that kind of was like, okay, this solidified that this movie is a great movie is a fun world. And this is like a world that I would like to be a part of, or, you know, I could see it bringing joy is that scene where, um, God, I gotta look up names. Sophie. Where Sophie is finally living in the castle. And Markle is just showing her, okay, here's the door. If you flip the switch this way, you're in this town. If you flip it this way, you're in this town. And if you flip it here, you're in this town. To see just that little tiny flip and then open the door and just them be in a coastal town now, it was really magical. Like we kind of talked about at the beginning of the show. And I think that... That is what solidified that this show is special, and this show really, or this movie has like a lot of magic to it. Like that, that scene solidified everything that I wanted from this movie. Because you had seen like, oh, this is the castle, this is how it works. Um, this was a, like a witch did this spell, a witch did that spell. They did this that. But then you really see the door, and you're like, I don't know how this actually functions. This is just, this is just magic, and. I I really love that that scene. That's the one thing that really sticks out to me about this. Other than the fact that the music um I haven't seen this movie as much as others, so the I I don't necessarily know where I am when I'm listening to the soundtrack other than like, you know, the uh Merry-Go-Round of Life song. Like you know exactly where you are with that movie or within the movie, but the the soundtrack is easily a top 5 soundtrack for the Ghibli universe the characters are probably the strongest, I would say. Probably a top three in in terms of actual depth for the characters, Um, with, you know, Markle having a great role, but also Calcifer giving you just both ends of the spectrum of comedy and just the little freaking gut, not little, the huge gut punch near the end where he's nearly dead. I, I think that... There's a lot to say about this movie. Like, a lot of positives to say about this movie. But there are definitely the negatives, like we discussed with the Act 3, that I think that it brings down the overall kind of ranking and feel for this movie. Because it just, it literally, it's like, hey, here's Turnip Head. We're going to give him a kiss. Cool, he's a prince. He's going to end the war. Bye, everybody! We lived happily ever after! (laughs) That's it! It's just like, what the fuck? So, um yeah like to say that this is probably like in my opinion this is one of the worst rushed at like this is one of the worst rush endings i've ever seen like it is atrociously rushed it is so disjointed it doesn't feel it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel fulfilling for the full movie um it 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 just feels cheap so it's it's a little unfortunate like it's already a two-hour movie but at that point who gives a crap we're here for the experience like make it a full experience don't sell us short because oh you know because of whatever reason you can think of give us the full feel of the movie expand more upon like the the flower fields and just like the other world and everything else and maybe even the war expand upon that a little bit it just feels so dissatisfying when this movie ends because the rest of the, like the 90% of this movie is phenomenal. So, that's that's just how I feel about it, but um yeah, no, the the characters make it, but the scene that really stands out the most is Sophie kind of just learning how to use the door in Howl's Moving Castle.
1: This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile.
0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I wanted to say like earlier when Magically Average brought up the breakfast scene, that is my penultimate scene. I love whenever Ghibli animates stuff that doesn't need to be animated. Um, it's just beautiful when they, they show that attention to detail and you can tell like there's love and there's care put into things. And it's, it's always amazed me now that we're this deep into the Ghibli verse that we can see so much of Miyazaki just rushing these endings. And it's not, it's not something new. It's like, he's, he's done it since not, uh, well, not Nazca, but Mononoke, where we're just kind of like slammed, you know what? We got 15 minutes left. Let's wrap up what we can. Um to me, the first time I watched Tales, it was less noticeable, but now going back with a critical eye, you're like, "Oh. Oh, okay.
2: Kind of hurts." And then
1: yeah, well, and then you're like you're shattering those ruby tinted glasses you have called nostalgia goggles and you're like, "Damn it." Um uh, but even still, it's it's one of my more favorite Ghibli movies, like just the fact that one of my good friends has a cat named calcifer who is like so mischievous and so like secretly evil and then just loves attention it's it's really funny because calcifer is kind of like that in the movie and just even even watching the dub which i assume you guys watched too
2: yeah i don't yeah. think i've actually ever watched this movie subtitled Neither I, have because I. Billy billy crystal
1: billy crystal yeah that's why i want to shout this. out Harry's this fucking movie on his
2: back with his voice acting.
1: She likes my spark. And he's just like, Oh, he's so wholesome. But everyone in this movie does such a wonderful, like voice acting performance. There's like, people are speaking from the diaphragm They're They're emoting it. And this goes back to what we've said before. They're hiring actors to do voice work. And it, it really pays off when you take that care and that attention to detail. And that's, that's not even like Disney going, oh, who do we got on lot today? No, it was like, let's find people. Cause when we dive deep into it, there's, there's some older actresses that we have, like Gene Simmons doing the voice of older Sophie, sounds like a grandma, does the stereotypical grunts and, and old people like, oh, I'm sorry. Stuff like that. And then we later on when the, we have the witch, who is an old lady, she's a little doting, a little goofy, a little out there, but everyone has this very impactful voice, I want to say, and they're very memorable performances. I don't think this film would have been as high on the list if I had have watched it subtitled, but I'm, like, it's going to live in my top three. It's going to be there forever, and I don't know if there's much more to say other than this is a beautiful film with a very touching story, and then even the ending, it's still, to me, a good story. And I'm going to say it time and time again, god damn, who are they paying to do these backgrounds? Like, if you were to say you could get me, like, a 4K print of one of these backgrounds, I would just, that's, I would change, I would move out of this spaceship, and I would live in a Ghibli film. Because, yeah, like...
2: the the art is is spectacular in this movie. I mean, not to take away from anything else that we've talked about, but it is one of the better animated yep. features that he's done. Even to the Boy and the Heron's credit, like it's a gorgeous film. But like, I feel like this is almost on par with that. And I also love the stellar contrast between the bright and fluid colors with the weird matted. Art booky style of Howl's Castle from the outside. It, it's so disjointedly different that it somehow works, and I, I it, it does really feel like a storybook come to life. But um, yeah, no, I think that this is one of the better animated and art styles for their movies. Not to say like the art styles changed. the The character style is very similar, but I feel like it's so much. It's so different from anything we've seen so far.
1: That it's kind of fresh. So, yeah. But it's also, it also feels like this is where they leveled up. Like, we somehow got to Howl's Moving Castle, and everything is being animated. Like, when Sophie jumps, her clothes are billowing in the wind. Her hat is, like, you realize her hat's not a solid object, that it's canvas or whatever it's built out of. But it, like, I don't know. Spirited Way was great, but you go from that to Howls, and just I want to say the animation took that leap. And then even moving into like Ponyo, like a lot of the lessons they learned with background and fluid and wind and, and stuff like that. Like, they're the team is learning and creating and, and applying learned lessons to be like, hey, we can do this with this technique now. And other than that, like, fantastic film. I mean
2: it. this I mean this in the most sincere way. Yeah. And I don't mean this in any sort of perverted way because I know that the what I'm about to say is like the only way it's ever been said is really perverse. But I feel like they added like a jiggle physics to this movie. Like they it's almost like they decided they understood water and j- like kind of just the fluidity of it that it's almost like a jiggle physics. Like when the, the shadow men, they like cram through the door and then they just kind of explode out. Like it's just, it. it, it there's no other way to really kind of describe it. And it's, they, they learned something along the way between films and applied it here. And I think it really worked well. They learned what
0: viscosity is.
1: Yes. That's the word. Okay. Yes. Well, even when the, the, the witch like sits down for the first time and she kind of like turns herself into like a, uh, a meat puddle? Oh, just the folds? Just yeah. everything yeah. just yeah. Yeah. coming like, down with again. all the sweat? Oh. Beautiful. I,
0: <laughs> I'm going to dumb out for a second. Spirited Away, then Howells, right? Correct. I think Spirited Away really set the tone, though. I'm going to say a very controversial thing about Howells that I'm sure is going to skewer me. Um I think they could do as much as they wanted with the animation because at the end of the day the 90% of the film that you get is basically just a slice of life. Okay? There's not I mean there's not a lot of like there's a lot of town shots, there's a lot of scenic shots in the mountains. Sure sure there's movements of the castle, you know, walking and stuff, but to what Frank was saying though, it's like a different art style almost entirely. You do get the part where the castle crumbles and that is extremely well animated with all of the walls breaking, all the different portions, you know, bending off and stuff like that scene's incredible. But like up until that point, it's really just a slice of life. So you could pack in the animation to just a breakfast scene. Cause why not? like yeah yeah let's do it beyond that i mean the the few parts with the the j- jiggle physics men and um <laughs> the wicked witch and everything like there's not a lot that are like animation heavy whereas i feel like spirited had more because one there were an incredible amount of characters in almost every scene once they actually got to the bathhouse and two the the spirited away did a lot with perspective in terms of like characters to characters, but also like the actual insides of the building and the rest of the, like the rest of the space that is encompassed in scenes that Howells didn't do as much. Um, so I think a lot of the like raw animation that went into spirited was more in that line. So maybe it didn't look as pretty, but they still had like really good scenes with with food, um, with the to to use Frank's words, the jizzle physics with with like Not liquids, jizzle. jizzles jizzle. something completely lots different, jizzle, lots of jizzle physics, the jizzle jiggle. Oh, it's been a long day. <laughs> uh, physics with water, uh, especially with the scene uh, where with like the big gross mud monster thing in Spirited Away. Um, like, pulling out the water from the wall, having it come down, but then also, like, when they unclog the mud monster and, like, all this stuff floods out and, like, there's the difference, like, the dirt and shit mixed in with, like, the clear, the cool, clear, hot water. Um, like, I, I feel like Spirited Away did, a, like, an incredible job showcasing how, like, what they can do with animation, taking bits and pieces from other like Ghibli films from before cuz we got like we were talking about in uh Arietti with the water how mm-hmm. like it just looked like jelly like it looked like really really weird but super cool like we, we we were talking about the how it was animated and like they took pieces of that they took pieces of like um Mononoke in terms of of scale when like you know different scene shots looking in on different angles and stuff and... Real
2: quick, Arietti came after that was twenty ten.
0: Oh, whatever. I don't know dates, um, but regardless, I think Spirited Away kind of set the bar and set the standard for like here is what Ghibli films are going to look like moving forward.
2: And no, I
0: I, I definitely
2: agree with that because yeah. there was a four year gap for uh, Miyazaki, anyways, between Princess Mononoke and Spirited Away, and they they that was definitely the biggest leap mm-hmm. in animation. I feel like, but um. I do feel like they learned a lot with Spirited Away and not necessarily perfected it, but definitely honed that craft a lot more in Howl's Moving Castle.
0: No, absolutely. Like, I, Again, not discrediting Howl's by right. any means. I just... It, it feels to me like they, they could spend more time and, and give more care to how they wanted to animate scenes and, and put more into scenes that were just kind of throwaways, really. Like, we yeah. did not need to see Calcifer eating eggshells for what seemed like 30 minutes and hearing Billy Crystal just moan uh, as loudly as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Like not necessary, but they did it Uh, again. Whether it was a flex, whether it was because they wanted to spend time and care really like establishing just how like the, the, the characters or, you know, the environment that they're in, whatever, like, doesn't matter. I just, it seems to me like with Howls, they had the opportunity to just go wild with animation and they did a fantastic job with it. Might have, honestly, I think if I'm going to say a bold statement, this will be my final closing thought before my brain just flatlines because uh, it's just been one of those days. Um, if if Howl's Women Castle was animated at the quality of Princess Mononoke, I think this would be a bottom five film. Oh, okay.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah. I, 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 you know what? I would agree I, with I, that I, take just for the fact that yeah. that, that act three is, it's, it's pretty garbage.
0: Yeah. It's, I, yeah. I, I will say the, again, the one redeeming factor are the characters. The characters can absolutely carry it. And personally, I would probably put it in middle of the pack for me. I'm, i am thinking from a general viewer, someone that's known Studio Ghibli through the very mainstream ones, right? If it looked older, if it had come out when Princess Mononoke did, if we just flip-flop the times when those films came out, I think there would be a more critical view of Howl's because many people love it for the animation and for the beauty of it that if you kind of take that away, might skew people's opinions. You wanna know a weird fun fact? Sure.
2: The years between Howl's Moving Castle and Princess Mononoke is only seven.
0: And look how far they went. They they look how came, far we've
2: come. They came real far. But it it seems like I don't know, thinking of it, like it seems like Princess Mononoke and Howls Moving Castle were like these two like films that came out Far and few, like you know, far away from each other, but it was really only seven years. It like to think of that, that's not terribly long. That was the gap between what seasons one and three or one and two of Attack on Titan. Like <laughs> it, it was, it's similar to that. Like it, it, it really is kind of strange that it was only seven years and they learned so much in that short of time let alone the four years between Princess Mononoke and Spirited Away. But yeah, no, I I, I think your and my feelings on just this movie in general, uh, Magically Average, are the same. But because I have a bit more rose-tinted glasses for some of the older classics, like Castle in the Sky, like Porco Rosso, uh, I, I feel like this is more of a bottom, like not bottom, but middle-of-the-pack movie for me. Because that act three is so just awful.
0: Yeah. Honestly, it's a boat anchor. (laughs) The whole time we've been talking, I've been trying to really remember exactly what happened in the act three. And it's, it's like my brain has like a fail safe. And like, I'm like, I cannot for the life of me. Remember, like, like I know bits and pieces. I remember like it, it's like a, like horror film style where you're like, like, Oh God, can't remember. Don't remember. Um, like, just little flashes of scenes will pop up, and I'm like, oh, oh, God, the, the, the travesty. Like, we just
2: rewatched it, and it's just like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> yeah. This is um... so quick. It's just like, I think it goes from, like, oh, Howl's losing his mind to we're gonna move Calcifer out of the <gasps> castle, and here's a fucking black hole door. Go through it. Oh, look, we're in the past now, and the fucking old-ass granny gives Howl, like, some star or something and he eats it and now he's got no heart and he's like I'll remember you granny and now we're back in the present and everything's okay like it, it's such a fucking awful awful way to end such a great movie it really is yeah no, I agree but that's my final thought on the
1: movie alright well mine is polarizing I love it um, the ending can be better And that can be said for a couple of the films, but I find Howells does really stub its toe there with like putting everything into that small of a space. Nothing in that scene really gets to breathe, but my heart and soul belong to the first two halves of this movie and Calcifer. Um, And I just, I, I love it so much, but I want to thank everyone who made it here with us today. Thank you for joining us. If you have suggestions on what we should watch next, please send them our way. You can send us an e- email at bakakopodcast at gmail.com. And we want to give a high five to everyone who makes the show do its thing. And we're going to start dancing.
2: I'm high-fiving. I don't know what you're talking oh. about. High five.
1: High five, Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: バカなの